0: That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real moms of Bravo.
1: Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms moms of Bravo. We are so excited. We're in the presence of Dr. Tiffany Moon, Dallas's new housewife, who immediately, I think I can speak for many of us, especially us working moms, immediately obsessed with Tiffany. I think she's just a fresh of breath air i think i got the right saying
2: breath but- of fresh air
1: oh i knew it i knew i did it <laughs> wrong okay well i didn't go to cornell and uh, graduate graduate in 19 and finish medical school medical school at 23 but tiffany did i feel like tiffany we need to give you like i want to give you a little round of applause for that because Aww. i felt like the show didn't like kind of glazed over that a little bit
3: Yeah, they mentioned it. But also, I got some flack for it in in, almost in that I was like bragging about it. Or, you know, people are like, if she mentions that she's a doctor one more time, and I'm like, "Uh, that's what I do every day. And last time I checked, I don't mention it all the time. So you just can't please everyone. I think you got to be proud of it. I mean, (laughs) we're
1: I mean, I would brag about it. I
2: would brag <laughs> about it. Yeah.
1: I would brag about it. I might wear even a t-shirt that says it. But Tiffany, <laughs> one of the things that really captivated me about you on the show is you're a child of immigrants. You're from China. I'm also a child of immigrants. My family's from the Dominican Republic. So I just really resonated with that story that you kind of shared. And honestly, it's just a fresh perspective.
3: Yeah. Thanks so much. No, I think there's um, a a different feeling that you have when you are a child of immigrants, no matter where your parents came from. Um, And I think a lot of first generation Americans resonate with that.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure your parents are so proud of you.
3: Um, I think my aunties told my mom something bad that I did on the show. She's probably (laughs) mad at me right now. Well, hopefully she'll get over it.
1: (laughs) I wanna know, one of the things that we wanna know working during this pandemic is how has your mindset changed during this pandemic, working, be at home with your children when you can, juggling multiple hats, doing your TikToks, which you're amazing at by the way, like how has your mindset changed after the start of COVID?
3: Well, in terms of my professional life, I would say the only thing that really changed is that it really made me reevaluate why I went into this profession in the first place, which truly was to help others and to help others at a time of crisis in their situation. Usually people see me when they um, have cancer or um, have a traumatic injury. So I'm not exactly um, doing tummy tucks and boob jobs all day. So generally my patients are not happy to see me. They don't want to be there. Um, And during the pandemic, when I was going to work every day and putting on layers of PPE, um, because you have to remember that during coronavirus, like Cancer did not go away. Car accidents did not go away. And so I still was doing surgery every day. Um, It really affirmed, reaffirmed my passion for medicine and why I decided to go into this in the first place. Because even in the midst of coronavirus, I was like, these patients need me. I'm still going to go do my job. I'm still going to do anesthesia for my patients that need surgery. I never once missed a day of work. I never called in I had COVID positive patients and I never said, no, I won't take care of that person. And it, it actually solidified my original intention to go to medical school.
1: That's amazing. I mean, I can only imagine emotionally what you see during the day and then being with your girls when you get home and trying to like unpack and unwind and kind of focus on them and the multiple hats that we juggle as moms, but has being a doctor made the pandemic harder in terms of everyone always asking questions and everyone also having strong opinions. So everyone tends to be an expert these days with Google.
3: Yes. I'm like, oh, and you got your MD from Google. That's nice. Um, No, but really um, it's been hard working as a doctor during the pandemic because at the beginning we knew so little and I tend to be an anxious person at baseline. And then you throw in a pandemic and I'm up in people's airways intubating. And I was just like anxious all the time. My husband was like, you need to take a chill pill because you're just you know like a dog chasing its own tail. It's Not really that cute. Um, So I had a tough time with some anxiety um, that, you know, I kind of worked through. Um, And I'm a person that does better with knowledge. When I know more about a situation, um, I feel better. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like, don't tell me, I don't want to know. I'm like, no, tell me every last detail. I want to know everything. Um, And then it's just been hard at home because. My husband always, he's not a medical person at all. Um, He can't stand the sight of blood and, you know, cries every time he gets a flu shot. Um, So I come home from work and he'd be like, how are the cases today? You know, how many new cases are there in the hospital? Is the ICU full? And I'm like, I've been dealing with this all day. Like, can you just leave me alone for a second?
1: Absolutely. And I mean... uh... I just, I can't even imagine. And men, let's be honest, get man colds and our babies about everything when it comes to being sick.
3: Yeah. I did make a funny TikTok once that was like, I don't understand why we take the temperatures of men because I've never seen a man with a fever up and walking around. <laughs> and my it's, friend was like,
2: <laughs> it's so true. I'm. Or they'll get the same, like you'll get a bug and you're like, oh man, I don't feel good. And you just power through and be like, I'm going to have to sleep all day. I think I got a bug. I literally just like took the kids on a walk while I was feeling the same way you do, but
3: you just way- mom through it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Absolutely. Well, speaking
2: of moms and different types of moms, can you, I feel like after you talked about being a tiger mom. We posted about it and got a lot of DMs and everyone's like, what does this mean? I've never heard of a tiger mom. So can you just kind of explain to everybody what it means to be a tiger mom?
3: Okay. I will give you my definition of a tiger mom, which is a mother who pushes her kids to the limit of their capabilities, who will not settle for an okay job. Because I think as children and even as adults, we sometimes need to be pushed to the brink of our capabilities in order to realize that we can do something. I have had my children try new things and say to me, no, mommy, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I say, well, let's take it one step at a time. Let's do this part first. And then let's do this part. And then let's take the training wheels off. And then the moment they're actually riding their bike down the street and they say, mommy, I'm doing it. I'm riding my bike. And they feel good. And you feel good. And that builds confidence in children. And also it builds this wow, I didn't think a few months ago that I could ride a bike and now look at me going down the street and my streamers are, you know, their pink little Barbie bikes going down the street. And I think that's what it means to be a tiger mom is, is to sort of push your kid a little bit more than average.
2: I love it. I think I'm a tiger friend too. Like I've had people be like, Abby, just back off. I can't do that. I'm like, no, you can't. I know you can't go do it. Go try it. <laughs> So I'm just a tiger person, I guess.
3: I love it. We should be friends. We'll yeah. your I've been, be been
1: under feelings. I've been under that pressure before. Yeah, so. actually.
2: <laughs> sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Like if we're out and about, I'm like, you don't need to go home. You can, like I can turn into a little bit of another friend of yours, huh? From the show. Yeah. Um,
3: Yeah. No, it goes both ways. I I get that sometimes there is a negative connotation to tiger parenting, which is sort of the, you're never good enough. um, Nothing that you do pleases me. Um, And, you know, I grew up with that too. Um, So I, I get that there are good and bad sides to being a tiger parent.
2: What I loved uh, is you talked about the struggles of being a working mom. And in particular, you said you kind of feel like no one gets like the best side of you because you're exhausted from work. You come home and it's like, I'm so exhausted, but I want to be there with my kids and I want to be present. And then, you know, you try to do all that and then you're exhausted when you go to work. And it's like this ongoing cycle. Like I, I felt like during the pandemic, I said, no one's getting a hundred percent of me because I don't even have a hundred percent of myself to give. And I just, I really love that you talked about that. Can you kind of like elaborate a little bit more about how you feel as a working mom and maybe give some advice to those that are new moms that, that are getting ready to go back to work.
3: Yeah, um, it's it's hard. It, the, the working mom guilt is real. I went back to work six weeks after my twins were born. I was pumping um, every three hours, eating lactation cookies, drinking all this water, taking this supplement that tasted awful and made my burps smell awful. Um and I did it to prove to all the people at my work how strong I was and how dedicated I was and never mind that I just pushed two human beings out of my vajayjay but here I am anesthetizing people and here I go. And um At work, I felt bad that I was not at home with my child who had a fever, who had colic, um, you know, and the nanny's texting me, oh, her fever came down. And I said, make sure you set a timer for the Tylenol. You know, so I'm trying to mom from work. And then when I get home from Work and I'm trying to spend time with my children, sometimes there are emails and cases for the next day and schedule changes, and then I'm on my phone. So then I feel like I'm not being there with my kids or I'm too tired to really go outside and run around with them because I've had a heck of a day in the operating room. Um, And I just feel like, gosh, like no matter what I do, someone is upset with me and I'm exhausted. Hard.
2: I mean, I feel like the the biggest thing is accepting you can't do it all. I I was you when I went back to work too. I was like toting a pump everywhere. I was traveling for work, so I was like, I'm gonna pump in this airport because, gosh, damn it, my kid's gonna have breast milk. And now I look back, I'm like, why did I do that to myself?
3: Yeah, if I could tell you all the places I've pumped, <laughs> <laughs> I still have finished. my big
2: water bottle. It's like my go-to. I can't get rid of it.
3: Oh, I used to drink water. I like 80 ounces a day. I, because when I was um, pumping, I was trying to make enough milk for two babies. And so I was just pumping all the time, like residents would come knock on my office to talk about a patient and they'd be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, you're pumping. And I'm like, no, no, come in. It's fine. I have a little shawl thing. It's fine. And then you'd hear the, you know, and then I had a car adapter so that as soon as I ran out of the OR, but while I was driving home, I could pump. I mean, I, I have PTSD from pumping. I just finished pumping. So I resonate (laughs) with
1: all of this and everything that you're saying. The weird thing is though, and knowing I was done pumping forever, this is my, I just had my last baby. I got a little sad a little bit just knowing that part was over, but then I quickly got over it. I don't miss that sound. My boobs are mine again. (laughs) I don't have to, you know, worry about that. I don't have to worry about pumping in the car. There's so much freedom when your boobs are yours again.
3: Yes. Freedom is definitely um, something that you do not have when you have to feed, you know, every three hours. And in my case, they kind of got off schedule a little bit. And so I had to feed one. And then like 30 minutes later, I had to feed another one. And I was like, oh my goodness, I just feel like I'm a cow. Yeah. Yeah. You you feel like a cow. I can't even imagine with twins.
1: I mean, let alone just one, but the constant juggling and trying to get them on the same sleep schedule and all the schedules. I'm yeah. very type it, A, so I love a schedule, and it's hard
3: when they don't follow it because they're. Yes, bad. we should be best friends because I <laughs> love a good schedule. Yeah, no, I love a good schedule too.
2: Well, if I have another one, can I come pump in your closet? I want to live in your closet.
3: <laughs> sure. There's a yeah. in there. There's yeah. snacks. There's a fridge that contains coffee, champagne, and water, which are really the only three beverages that you need in life. Can't so, think of anything else. Yeah. Um come. It yeah. it's a full-size mattress on the floor. The floor is actually heated. So you know, because we walk around barefoot at my house, we don't wear shoes in our home. So the floors are heated. Um, yeah. And you can uh, play dress up and, <laughs> and we can have a party. When I saw your closet, I'm like, oh,
2: this is This is what dreams are made of. I was so obsessed. I loved every single thing about it. I was so glad you showed it. I mean, that closet, is just, it's unbelievable.
3: Well, if you're ever in Dallas, I would would love to have you over. I honestly just love
1: the thumbprint. I was like, damn, that's like a whole nother level of, you know, smart and chicness i didn't know even existed i i mean i i loved everything about your closet your closet is goals for sure thank
3: you of course the one time i have camera film cameras filming the closet decides not to accept my fingerprint i'm like you've got to be kidding me like i i don't know what happened that day it was like nope not coming in it was like don't want to give a tour don't want camera crews in here i feel like it was trying to tell me something <laughs>
2: I, growing up with sisters, would have loved that closet, too, because with sisters, the way you fight, like boys are, can be a little bit more aggressive, but girls, which you, you'll find out soon with your twins, it's like an art. You just steal their favorite shoes, or you steal their favorite sweater, and then you make sure you wear it to school so they see you in the sweater, and you just rub it in their face all day. And so our closets, it was like, oh like you constantly like, where is my favorite purse? And then you, you knew a sister had stolen it.
3: Oh, see, I never had any sisters growing up, so I don't have any sister stories. I'm kind of sad. I, I had a lonely childhood.
2: Well, you'll get to see it with your girls, though, and I think that's Oh, really they're
3: either best friends or mortal enemies. <laughs> they're either plotting against me, like, don't tell mom something, or, like, hitting each other, so it's all good.
2: What's it like with twins? Because, I mean, even though they are similar, because they're at similar ages, and developmentally they're at similar stages, but they're- obviously probably gonna have different personalities. How do you help them kind of embrace their likeness, but also, you know, explore what makes them different?
3: Yeah. You know, I don't have any singletons. So I I don't, people are like, what's it like having twins? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't (laughs) never had anything else but twins and I'm done. So I treat, I try to treat them as individual people. I try not to compare them as best I can. I don't say like, so-and-so did this, so you should do that. You know, I don't pit them against each other and they are different developmentally. One likes more science things and one likes more art things. And so um, I make it a point to treat them as individuals. And also, so I make it a point to spend time with them alone, um, which I think is very important because up until, you know, very recently, whenever I hung out with them, it was together because it was such a short amount of time anyway. And then I started splitting them up on Saturdays and I would run errands with one of them. And my husband would run errands with another one. And then the next weekend we would switch. And it's, it's quite different. They act differently when they're not together, which is very strange. I
1: have a friend who has twins and she says the same thing. Like they're complete opposites personality wise, but when they're by themselves, they like savor that attention, like that one-on-one attention
3: that they get. Yeah. It's nice for us to have our alone mommy and me time. We call it.
2: I think that's important just with anyone who has multiple kids, what, you know, it, just to give them that one-on-one time because you try so hard to do family stuff and you want to be a family which is important as well, but sometimes they lose that kind of like just special individualized attention.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Tell everyone how they can find you, particularly your TikTok. We're going to be sharing your TikToks like daily. I, I love them.
3: I have the same um, name across all my social media platforms, Instagram, um, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. It's all Tiffany Moon MD. It's just one long word. And the TikToks are meant to be funny. Don't um, take them too seriously. Um, I'm just trying to give people a good laugh.
2: How did you, I mean, did you figure out the TikToks right away or did somebody help? No, no, no,
3: no, no. My, during quarantine, my 16 year old stepdaughter, like, signed me up for TikTok and basically was my TikTok producer and I paid her in Sephora makeup. I'd be like, if you help me make this TikTok, I'll order that eyeshadow palette you want from Sephora. (laughs) So um, it actually, this sounds so silly, but TikTok really brought my stepdaughter and I closer together and we made them and we do little dances and we get the boys in on it sometimes and even my kids um, like to do TikToks. So um, it's really become
2: a family affair. I think it's fun. We're trying to like figure it out. It's a lot harder than it looks. A I lot give harder
3: than it looks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to make them. I just know how to, you know, she just tells me what to do and then she does all the editing and stuff.
2: She's good. Well, when we come stay in your class, we might need her to help us with some TikToks too.
3: We'll do it. Bring some Sephora with you. Okay.
2: Yeah. We'll get the palettes. We'll have like some lip gloss. We'll have her set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. We love getting to know you and just appreciate you keeping it real for all of us, you know, all moms out there, but especially us working moms as well.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It was nice talking to you both.
0: You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are BODY. Start your free trial at BODY.com. That's B-O-D-Y dot com.